0: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, 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 Ed Martin. I hope you're having a wonderful evening and ready for a great weekend. Welcome to the Pro-America Report. Pro-America Report, I'm Ed Martin. Super to be with you. Don't forget, you can go over to, to, sorry, I've got the microphone loose here. You can go over to uh, ProAmericaReport.com and check in on all that we're up to, all these interviews, great interviews tonight we'll have, and uh, also uh, previous segments. Check them all out over at ProAmericaReport.com and sign up there for the daily WINK, the daily email, which gives you all you need to know. It's the WINK stands for what you need to know, what you need to know, and uh, every morning it goes out at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. Central, uh, excuse me, conserve. oh my gosh, East Coast time, Eastern Standard time. Sorry about that. All right, what do we have today? A couple of things before I get to what you need to know, let me give you an update. Oh, and uh, first of all. General Flynn. I spoke with General Flynn again this afternoon. He is doing fine. You know, I talked to him and he lifted my spirits. I, I should be the one lifting his spirits. He's been going through the ringer. You know, he's like a, as someone said, he's like a Franz Kafka character uh, in the trial. If you've ever read the Franz Kafka uh, book, uh, the short book called The Trial, it's pretty amazing. And, and it, it's basically someone is caught in a trial where they can't tell what they were tried for and they can't really tell why they're there. And it's an extraordinary kind of uh, uh, almost like an existential Christ. That's what it feels like with uh, General Mike Flynn. But his spirits are great. He's in high spirits. He's like, hey, uh, let's just uh, keep going and, and life's going to move on. And he's very, uh, got a lot of faith, I have to say. And uh, he did point out that August 11th is the hearing that this uh, Court of Appeals is going to have on his case. He said, so that's just 10 days away and then it'll be that and then they'll be on to the next thing. And he just says, we've got to keep fighting. And again, I can't tell you how often he tells me that he is uh, watching what's happening in America. He cares about what 's going on he 's going to be involved, and so uh, i 'm just uh, uh, honored to know the guy he 's a special guy and he's uh, he 's going to be something to see in this in the fall so he 's doing fine in case those of you who are worried um, also great um, a great, great reaction, I think. And we'll talk in a few minutes with Catherine Engelbrecht, who runs True the Vote, which is all about how you protect the election process and how you have election integrity, not just how you talk about it, how you get involved. True the Vote, which uh, Catherine Engelbrecht started about 10 years ago, actually trains people to be involved in the elections and also we'll talk with her. But one of the things that was so is so extraordinary is the president um, focusing the energy of the world i don't know maybe but certainly of america by saying that mail-in balloting is going to be such a disaster maybe they'll have to delay the election and of course he backed right off as as um as uh, john schlafly who's an often, often a commentator uh said to me earlier today he said you know someone during 2016 said um you have to take everything donald trump says seriously just not literally And that seems right. And so what's happened for 36 hours about now, yeah, about 36 hours is a constant conversation about how bad mail in balloting is, how absentee ballot is when you're sick or you're in the military or you can't be in the area where you're supposed to vote. You send in a note that says I need to vote absentee. They send you the ballot. Then you send the ballot in. That's different than mail in balloting where Gavin Newsom, the California governor, prints out a list of everybody who's got a voting registration and sends them a ballot. Ballot. A ballot that you could vote if you wanted to, and so the the reality is that the um, the mail in balloting is just ripe. For serious uh, problems, right, so so anyway, the president's point on this, as usual, is he gets everybody talking in the direction he wants, and then he makes a point about it and and now, by now we've had everybody under the sun saying, "Hey you guys, uh, including the Republicans, hey everybody, don't worry we'll get the election done on uh, on uh, November third we won 't have any problems it'll work out fine uh, and and don't worry and in some ways, what the President Trump has done is lock the Democrats and everybody else." into the fact that we're going to get it done. And then the other thing he's done, which is so important, and I I, I salute this, is the more you talk about voter fraud, the more it stops. When I was chairman of the Board of Elections in St. Louis, that's the truth you learned. If you talk about voter fraud, you can't just say voter fraud. You have to talk about specific instances. In the case of President Trump... He's talking about mail-in ballot fraud in Patterson, New Jersey, a month ago. He's talking about an election in New York where they haven't got the results right now from a month ago because of mail-in balloting. He's talking about people who are reporting that they got a ballot mailed to an address by somebody who's been dead for years. If you can talk about specific instances of voter fraud and threats to integrity, it helps stop it. It's almost like a prophylaxis. By talking about it, you can stop it. So I salute him on that. All right, but here's what you need to know today. I, I want to try, I did my Periscope earlier today. You know, I do a Periscope every, every day also over on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin, and you're welcome to come over there. It's a video a presentation. I call it the wink also. And I often try out some of the information that I end up talking to you about on the show. And, to, and, one of the, and this is one I tried out earlier, and, and it's this. Um, we now have schools And teachers and especially teachers unions who are saying they won't go back to school they won't let the kids come back to school it doesn't really matter what you try they're not going to let it happen and here's the thought I have and there's lots of reasons for this, but I think that if you're if you have teachers, and and I think most teachers do want to go back to school, but they're being um, led and misled by by politicians, and and by politicians, I mean the local elected officials who have control over this, county executives, superintendents of schools, governors, but also by the the um, uh, the, the politicians in, in Washington that are leading by example. But if they can't go back to school, and the students can't go back to school, they should refund the money because here's the example i'll tell you my wife and i had planned to take our four children and this so the six of us were going to go away on a trip we were going to go to london and then to paris and then finish in brussels this is six months four months ago april and when the the, uh, the the china flu hit the china virus hit we had to cancel it and you know what happened the airline had to refund our money the hotel had to refund our money the train we were supposed to take from paris to brussels had to refund our money If something that's outside of the control of the consumer, of the people who need this service, it it stops it from happening. So I'm not arguing that there's something that they're not doing it because of no reason. They have a reason. It's a pandemic. Well, then the parents should get a refund and forget about defund the police. Let's let's refund the school tuition. Let's refund the schools. And and by when I, I say every parent should get a refund for their kids' school, if the schools can't open and Washington D C just announced they're not gonna open, if they can't open except distance, and that's not good enough I don't think it's good enough for most people, then people the parents should ask for a refund. And they should get it, and we should demand it. And if the teachers' union won't do it, you know, the teachers' union in Los Angeles, one of the major unions in the country, they said they can't go back to school unless they have the police defunded, Medicare for All, and like eight other, nine other political demands. So if they're not really going to focus on the kids and the students and safety, then they should be, you know, the refund should happen. And if you're in Los Angeles, you get a refund, and then you can go anywhere you want. Because I'll tell you another quick story. My my daughter, eight-year-old daughter, is in a private school, a little Catholic school. And she goes uh, to the Catholic school. And we called up because we wanted to see what the plan was. There was some talk of more computers or computers. We don't really like too much computers. And so we called up and they said, well, we're going to do it like this. And it turns out satisfactory. But they also told us that when Fairfax County in Northern Virginia, where we live, canceled all schools and they said all public schools are going to be distance learning, everybody's going to stay home. For the first time, the little Catholic school where my daughter goes has a waiting list because parents called up and said, I got to send my kid to school somewhere. I'll, I'll, you're going to go back to school. I'll take it. And my point here is if the, if the public schools cannot provide the service because of the pandemic, then they should refund the money. And the refund should go to the parents and the parents should go make choices. You know, in Pasadena, California, they announced that they will not go to school. You have to distance learn. But if you are K through eight and you have a K through eight student, you can bring the K through eight student to daycare for eight hours and they'll do distance learning from the daycare in groups of 12. Now think about that. So Pasadena can't run a school, but they can run a daycare. That they can't run schools safely, but they can run daycares. The system is broken. The teachers unions are out of control. And we should just say, hey, it's we're not judging you. We we're not spending our time judging you now. I, I I don't I don't I don't I don't want to judge why. I have a theory about why the Fairfax County schools are failed and the Pasadena schools and LA schools. I have a theory and I have a theory about their educational choices and all that, you know, how what they teach. But the fact is That we should, that we should just refund the money to the parents and give them the freedom, and give them the freedom to go uh, wherever they want, to spend the money wherever they want. Um, that's, that's the, uh, that's the best reality that I can see to solve this problem. Um, the, the, the reality is that the schools are failing. And the families are paying the price. And let me be clear on this. It's not just the families that are paying the price. Because if our schools don't open in most of the major school districts, which it looks like it's doing, our economy is going to stall again. And the news yesterday about the shrinking economy, it was not as bad as the reports. The reports made it sound like we did worse than, for example, Germany. Germany did worse than us, the way it was reported, but it's still terrible. It's still really, really bad. Like, it's really horrendous, which is why we have to go back. We have to get back. We have to fight through it. Because young people aren't the ones who are getting sick. They may be carriers. That's why you have to be careful. Teachers, we have to protect. The family members at home, we have to protect. I'm not saying we should be callous, but we have to be realistic. And more importantly than anything, parents deserve the freedom to figure out what's good for their kids if the option they're stuck with is stay at home which is what's happening too often. Oh, one more quick thing. I have a, a, a media person, a reporter for a TV network who called me a week or two ago and I did an interview and in the midst of it, I said to her, you know, what I think is an issue coming is schools because parents aren't going to be happy and they're not going to handle it if the people stay home. She texted me this morning and said she lives in D.C. She said her son has to uh, distance learn the whole school, all of D.C. is doing that. And she said now she's having a terrible time figuring out with her husband and, and what to do, how to, where could they go and what's going to happen and she's hearing it from her friends and she said, boy, oh boy, Boy, it feels like a big issue. And I said, yeah, I told you so. Refund. What you need to know is it's time to demand. Refund our schools. Give our kids a chance. Pay attention to that. All right, we'll go take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk to our old friend Catherine Engelbracht of uh, TrueTheVote, TrueTheVote.org. And then Mark Schneider, the sub commander, sub commander, sub Schneider, at sub Schneider on Twitter, is going to be back. We haven't talked to him in a while. Get an update on nuclear power. Nuclear power, what's going on with that nuclear energy in terms of who's going to lead? I, I heard someone say today whoever gets ahead on nuclear, being able to make nuclear power generation four, is going to rule the sky, space, and rule the world. Interesting thing. We'll ask Mark Schneider about that after this break. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. And our next guest is uh, a woman that many of our listeners know uh, well and have seen her uh, leadership. Uh, she's been involved in uh, fighting for uh, uh, elections. She's been sort of targeted, uh, not sort of, she's been targeted by uh, by the administration under Obama and uh, and famously uh, Lois Lerner was, you know, kind of at the center of this and, that, and, and of course I'm talking about Catherine Engelbrecht and Catherine Engelbrecht is the founder of True the Vote. If you go to True the Vote.org, true the vote.org, You'll see all the stuff in there. Of course, the president tweeted about how mail-in ballots could be a disaster, which I know you've been talking about for a while, uh, Catherine. So that helps get attention to the issues. So first of all, welcome to the program. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Ed. Uh, it's great to have you on. Um, so first, we're just over three months from the election. And you watching this and you're saying to, your, or say to us, you know, it's not too late yet, but it's way it's really not too early to get involved. And and give me that uh, pep talk you gave it to me the other day, but tell our listeners.
1: Well, well, what I'm telling anybody that will listen is that this year voting is not enough. We have to vote, we have to get everybody we know registered to vote and and out there voting, but then we have to commit to work in this cycle. And and this year the script has been flipped. Uh, this year, the, the numbers of people that are going to be necessary in the polls to work at, as election workers um, will be fewer than in years past, and we need more volunteers this year working in absentee ballot reviews. And in certain every state has different standards for how this works, but there are typically ways that citizens can serve to compare signatures to work in central counts. There are so many places, but but the but the thing that is most important to recognize in all of that. Is that you've got to begin reaching out to the parties or the counties or the or the candidates of your choice right now, and asking how you can get involved? Because depending upon your state, there are thresholds of, and, and date lines past which you may not be able to submit your name for volunteering, or, or in the case of working directly for the county, and, and which is what many states do, you'll work and be paid for, by the county for that for the time of service. Um, You've got to get your name in it early. So right now, one of the things that we're doing, we have a project called Call Your County, and we have all of the information queued up. You tell us what county you're in, we'll, we'll give you the information straight back to you, exactly who to call, and exactly what questions to ask to find out for yourself where is the need, what are the requirements, what are the deadlines, and how can you get involved? But we got to do it. If you, we've got to get involved.
0: We we're talking with Catherine Engelbrecht, and you go to TrueTheVote dot org, and you can see the steps people can take. I guess, I guess the um, uh, the, the 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 COVID, the China virus. It presents a different problem, right? Because even even the good fighters that are on the edge here and ready to fight are worried about it, right? And they've got their kids, and they're worried. So, you know, are you? What is your sense of this upcoming election in terms of the need? What you see? I mean, you, you know, you've done this for a while now, almost ten years, I'd say, and right. and you see the ebb and flow. Is is the are we in a in a downturn here that you're, makes you even more worried?
1: Um, you know. I... Uh I really don't think so. I I, I think that look, I, Do I do I do I believe that we're going to continue to see chaos ramp up between now and the election. Yes, I do. I think it's going to be a mess. But I also believe in in the in the fortitude of the American people, and I believe that there are Americans all over this country that are about sick of all of this and are deciding inside of themselves, stealing their resolve to not let let the ship go down this way. There are too many places that citizens can be involved. We don't have to sit home and watch the returns roll in, which, by the way, aren't going to happen election night. We're talking about weeks or maybe even months before we know what's going to be decided, and it'll be decided in many states in, in, in court rather than by the people. But uh, there are many, many, many ways that we can serve and feel s- Feel more in control. I mean, we've lived in a very out of control existence for these last what six months or so. Um, This is a way to retake the field as a fully engaged citizen, and it and and there's shoring up the free and fair election process is fundamental to who we are as a Republican. And and, uh, I'm optimistic. I think we're going to show up. I think we're going to show up.
0: we're talking with Catherine Engelbrecht, and again, it's true dot If you go there, you'll see all these resources. Okay, how does mail in ballots? Where you, in your experience of this? Because you know, you're, I, I did run an election authority, the St. Louis Election Board back in 05-06 or oh four oh five oh five oh six. But you're on the front lines of this. What's your, what's your um, reaction to mail in ballots? What's the sort of adult answer to what's, what's going on and what's happening and why it's uh, something we've got to be on top of?
1: Well, look, there are reasons for for people to use mail-in ballots, uh, and, and every state has their own rules. Uh, you, it's, there are rules uh, related to age. If you are over a certain age, you can request a mail-in ballot. If you have a disability, if you're going to be out of town, there are all kinds of reasons. And, and we have no issue with those at all. Where we do take issue is is what we've seen in these last many months, and that is a push towards universal mail-in balloting, which means that you see states that are pushing out mail ballots to both active and inactive voters. So even voters that have moved because, because the voter rolls are notoriously riddled with, with, you know, bad information. So all of those folks are going to be getting ballots. And then coupled with that, we see lawsuits. There are over 70 lawsuits in play right now with groups that are trying to strike down voter ID, strike down signature comparisons, uh, allow unlimited vote harvesting, all of that together makes for a perfect storm that is being being used intentionally, as I call it, engineered chaos, uh, to to force into a situation a you know a level of confusion that's simply not necessary. So it's um, what we're going to see on its current path are, are, unfortunately, many, many voters that are going to be disenfranchised. Um, you know, the, the safest, most secure way to cast your ballot is in person on Election Day, and that's just a fact. Yeah. For those that are in a state where you're only going to be given the mail option, then by all means take it, but mail your ballot early. I mean, not just not just a few days early, a, at least a week, at, two weeks if you can, early, to try to eliminate the possibility that it doesn't get there in time. There are a lot of unknowns that are going to come out of all of this, but um, but it's political, and that's the that's really I think the you know the hardest thing to swallow in all of it is the willingness of the left to disenfranchise what could be ultimately millions of voters just to try to. Uh, throw a a fog around the whole election and, and drag all of us into court.
0: Well, and, and, you know, uh, even president, uh, former president Obama at, uh, the funeral of John Lewis took the opportunity to, to call for, uh, call for, uh, mail-in balloting. That was, he took that You know, it was a, it was a funeral. So, I mean, you know, it, at, at a certain point, it's clear it's, it's political, but it doesn't matter if you're in a state where you're stuck with it. It doesn't matter if you're in a state where, uh, it's happening. You have to take the steps to address it. I mean, that's part of the reality of, of understanding, you know, the late fellow Schlafly for whom I work, she would say, you know, you, you can, you can wonder what the the ideal would be but you, you deal with what you're at where you're at and that's yeah, part, of the, it. Uh, part of the import, importance so what's to tell me really quickly and i just got a minute or two left uh, if the range of things people could do because if you're sitting at home and you hear this you say well i can't work a poll i'm not healthy enough or i've got too many commitments tell them how if they go to truethevote.org we're talking with Catherine Engelbrecht uh, what the sort of how there's a range of things people do you don't have to get st- stuck thinking you have to do all of it you can do lots of different things
1: Absolutely. Well, first, you know, the, the basic blocking and tackling of making sure you, your family, your friends, everybody that's eligible is registered. Then mobilizing. Don't take for granted. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting so fatigued with all of the drama of these last few months. Make sure that you save enough energy to catch that ballot. And then as far as working... You can work in the polls. There's a number of positions inside of working in the polls. You can work, a tip every state's different, but you can work on mail and ballot review boards. You can work in central count capacities. And if you don't need any of those things, you can just help out with True the Votes Election Day Command Center to take in help take in incoming incident reports. So if other, vol- if other voters are calling in and saying, this is what's going on, what do I do? We intend to have an outlet for that to help voters, voters helping voters. Be a part of that. But just choose in. Please choose in. Be engaged in this process because it's going to take every single one of us.
0: There you go. Catherine Engelbrecht, thank you. TrueTheVote.org, we appreciate it very much. And we'll have you back on in the coming weeks as things get closer. Appreciate it. Uh, And I'll put all that up on social media. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Be right back. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend Mark Schneider. He hasn't been on in a while. It feels like it's too long. His uh, Twitter handle, at Sub Schneider. Uh, Mark Schneider, he's a, a the founder and president of Gen 4 Nuclear Inc. And uh, he is, uh, He always. I always highlight this because he's exhausted. He's a father of six kids. His wife is even more tired. But Mark, welcome back. And I, I, what I really want to get from you is an update. I, I saw a tweet from you a week or two ago, maybe less, only a couple days ago, but there was a week, a week ago i noticed one of your tweets i thought i haven't talked to you about this hashtag green nuclear deal is one of the things mark popularized it's first of all mark what's your description welcome back and what's your description of the nuclear issue in this presidential uh race it doesn't seem like it's come up much or yet has it it really
2: hasn't and uh the thing is is that it's because both the candidates agree um if you look at biden's climate plan he's pro-nuclear and if you look at uh the policies that president trump has done he's pro-nuclear and uh the second they start talking about nuclear it's a death sentence for biden um so all trump needs to say is biden and i both agree on nuclear energy as the best source for the climate
0: yeah it uh it, and but but the, the 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 lack of uh commenting that this you know <laughs> He hasn't signed on on the AOC deal completely or hasn't said so. Everybody assumes it because she's in his camp. But is your sense that he, that he, a guy like Biden would be for nuclear? Or don't you know? Uh,
2: yeah, he will be for nuclear. Actually, in his climate policy, he talks about, uh, you know, expanding into advanced generation reactors. So Biden is actually pro-nuclear. He's just very quiet about it because he doesn't want to, you know, Uh, get the uh, aocs of the world angry
0: yeah we're talking with mark schneider at sub schneider on twitter and uh, mark um this piece you linked to from yale uh climate org, which i'll put up um the title is what we've been here we've been having the wrong debate about nuclear energy what advocates on both sides may be overlooking walk us through what this is what this is saying and where we are well
2: um one of the big things is is that when we get into the debates is that you know, me as an advocate for nuclear, I'm advocating the advanced technologies, and the the people who are countering that are always bringing me back to the uh, the old school technologies, right? So if you're using phones, they want to argue that uh, you know the old school phone you had to like you know you know rotate that thing to get the operator to plug into you know to contact with someone is going to make a terrible cell right. phone. That's really what they're arguing, and I'm sitting here going no, but I've got this iPhone. And it's great. It works awesome. i got that. We know this stuff works. And we make work, yeah, but you need that person to, you know, to plug it in. And there's a lot of just talking past each other. And I think the second we can get people to actually, you know, sit down and discuss and talk about what advanced nuclear technologies are, uh, you know, it it really does break down the anti-nuclear narrative. Uh, One of the big things we look at, you know, people always bring up is Fukushima. Well people don't realize right. those four reactors that had the problem in Fukushima were all built in the nineteen sixties. Right? I mean, they were old. They were over forty years old, which is beyond their normal lifespan. And you know, people are saying, Well, I don't want that. Well, I don't want to build any any of that new either. I want, you know, the new stuff. I don't want a, a dial phone, I want a cell phone, right? You know, that's the kind of argument that we gotta do is we gotta get people to stop thinking about the old nuclear as the argument and start are talking about new nuclear is the argument.
0: Yeah. And, and the, um, so uh, what's the, what's the state of play? Uh, you know, we're not building this in America yet, right? Where are we built? Where is it being built and, and is it working yet?
2: Um, it is working. So if you look at, uh, in Russia, they have a reactor called the BN 800 and it is a gen four reactor that is operational um, it was its initial fuel was old nuclear weapons. It is no longer nuclear weapons material. And it's being transitioned to waste as they do their, their periodic refueling. And by 2021, it's going to be running off of waste from those old nuclear reactors forever until, until they shut it right. down in you know, 60, 70 years from now. So that's the state um, as far as that goes. Uh, the U.S., as far as getting new these new designs, there's one company that has licensed a Gen 4 reactor um, and that's uh, Oklo or that is submitted for licensing and that's Oaklo. and then there's two companies um, that have Gen 3 advanced designs so whereas the Oaklo reactor is the cell phone, this is the cordless phone uh-huh. version of a nuclear reactor so huh. not necessarily as advanced but much more advanced than a, you know, a dial rotary phone um, of nuclear reactors so you know And they are getting licensed, and they should, you know, once they get licensed, we can start building these things. And we're looking to, I think, in the industry, we're looking to start construction next year or the year after in these these new reactors.
0: So it, I remember that the uh, one of the things that uh, we're talking with Mark Schneider at Sub Schneider that you, you were um, pleased with was that the Energy Department under Rick Perry, Governor Perry of Texas, who served, I don't know, two years, two plus years, had really kind of moved. And it was, I don't know if it was a surprise, but he was an oil guy. Oil and gas came out of Texas. And he they really, the Energy Department was really active in moving the energy thing forward. Is that still going on? Is there, and, and it, let's say it a different way, what else could the Trump administration be doing to move? this even faster?
2: Well, I mean, they're they're putting a lot of money and effort into that, um, but probably the biggest thing they could do is just develop a national nuclear power strategy, right? You know, the fact is, is that when you look at Russia, you look at China, you look at India, who are all uh, building reactors and, you know, even the United Arab Emirates and Egypt and Poland, they all have a nationalized strategy for nuclear energy, if the United States developed, you know, starting from the Department of Energy and the president, a national nuclear power strategy, we could, you know, decarbonize our energy footprint in the United States. Um, now, one thing that under the current Department of Energy administration sits Perry, is we've seen the, the rollback of the, the regulation that, that denies uh, financing of the u.s to foreign uh construction bills so the fact is is now the united states can say if we uh, have a design we can now build that internationally and fund it internationally so that old regulation that i believe came out under the hmm. Clinton administration is dead
0: wow so, oh. um our, so that is a and huge and uh, yeah, that is a huge. That's that's interesting. All right. Um, so, uh, Mark, do you have? and I'm being serious. Do you do you care about who wins the election in the fall, in the sense that one party or the other is better on this, or is it your point that the the and when it comes to nuclear, everybody's moving the same direction now?
2: Um, I, I have a personal preference on who I would win, but uh, if either candidate um, promotes nuclear, uh, I, they're they're my guy. But I do believe that the current administration is going to be stronger on nuclear than a Biden administration would be. Hmm.
0: Gotcha. Now, one more. I'm looking at my notes again. We're talking with Mark Schneider at Sub Schneider. On, and Mark, what's your website for your your company? To say it again, I, I don't have it in front of me.
2: Yeah, it's uh, gen4nuclear.com. That's B-N-I-V, as in the Roman numeral four, and then nuclear.com.
0: All right. One more question. I'm, I'm looking back at my notes. Um, China. Is China using nu- nuclear power? Are they? Are Because they, if they wanted to, their economy and their uh, you know command structure, the, the regime, the communist regime, they could make it happen. Are they doing nuclear?
2: Oh, they are. Absolutely. They are rapidly expanding their nuclear. They're expecting to start construction uh, on six to eight new nuclear reactors from 2021 to 2026.
0: And and is it Gen four? What gen, what generation is it? Gen three? These, gen four?
2: These would be uh, generation three reactors.
0: Huh? And uh, wow, wow. That's um, that's. Uh, I mean, it's a big country, but that's a lot of that's a lot of development, yeah. huh?
2: That's that's three times their current output.
0: Wow. Huh. All right. That is uh, it's a, that's an amazing fact. I wonder I, I didn't know the answer when I asked you. but That's an amazing uh, uh, fact. All right. Uh, Mark Schneider. Thank you, as always. Uh, it's again at Sub Schneider and I'll put up on social media his uh, tweet with a link to this article. And we'll catch up soon, Mark. Thank you. Thanks, Ed. All right. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego.
2: This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed
0: Martin. Title IX has been used by liberals as a political bludgeoning weapon for decades. Title IX is a civil rights law which was meant to root out genuine discrimination against women in the field of education. But left-wing bureaucrats hijacked it as a tool to shut down sports teams for boys. Now President Trump is putting the shoe on the other foot. Using Title IX, the Trump Education Department made it known that girls have a right to compete on sports teams against only girls. Boys don't have a right to compete against girls. That sounds a lot like common sense. But we're living in a day when common sense is becoming far less common. The left is making a huge push to blur the line between boys and girls. They want us to believe that your gender depends on how you feel at any point in time. But this flies in the face of science itself. It's a basic fact of biology that boys and girls are different. The vast majority of girls cannot compete against the vast majority of boys. Boys have more testosterone, which means more muscle growth and a more rugged bone structure. Biology doesn't care if a boy says he feels like a girl. If he gets on a wrestling mat with a girl, he's got an unfair advantage. Trump's Department of Education is doing the right thing by prioritizing facts over political correctness. When girls lose sports opportunities, they lose the chance to earn valuable scholarships that could change their lives. Opening girls' sports to boys also prevents girls from learning the valuable lessons that sports teach. Our girls need to know that hard work is the surest path to success. We have to look past the politically correct talking points if we're going to find the best way to foster a positive environment for our boys and for our girls. Attaching the label transgender can't change basic biological realities. Science supports the conservative principle here, And the Department of Education did the right thing by protecting our girls from those that want to twist science to achieve their political goals.
2: Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. You'll be glad to know the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly continues, upheld by Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, chairman Helen Marie Taylor, treasurer John Schlafly, a full staff in St. Louis and our nation's capital, and thousands of citizen volunteers, her Eagles, across the country. You can be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. That's
0: phyllisschlafly.com. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Great to be with you. And uh, we just got a few minutes to wrap things up before the weekend. And so let me cover a couple of topics. Excuse me. Number one, um, I don't know how this uh, sports thing is going to work out, do you? Um, you know, I, I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan and so um, I just uh the news today that the Cardinals uh had two players test positive and therefore the Cardinals game against Milwaukee was canceled and at least I think at least two other games are canceled. Uh, the uh, Marlins still have some players infected. It does look like uh it's getting bad fast. It's um it's getting worse fast, I guess that's the way um I'd say it. And I don't know how that turns out. I don't I don't know how that turns out. There's twenty Marlins players that are Sick with uh, coronavirus and uh, 20. Um, so it's at least a week or two before they're better. Now, last night, the NBA opened uh, with their their version of this was uh, they have a bubble that they're living in you know and so nobody's allowed in and they're just around each other and it might be the way to get a season in um it's a lot easier to do that in in the nba um with uh you know uh, i guess um so uh that may that seemed to work although i won't watch the nba i never was a real nba fan i don't really have much interest i like the ncaa better um but i certainly don't um I don't, uh, like their politicizing of everything. It seems to me to be, uh, it seems to me that they've gone a little too far. They've gone over the, over the edge. And I just, am not interested in, uh, kind of a, a getting involved, uh, uh, and encouraging it. So I won't be bothering with the NBA. Um, and, uh, and we'll have to see with the NFL. I mean, the NFL is not going to do a bubble thing. They can't. So could they have the same problem? You know, one of the descriptions, uh, Dr. Fauci was interviewed before the house, one of the house committees today. And he said, this is a, uh, a, a pandemic you know obviously he said this is not going to stop but i think that's pretty obvious he did say he thought um that there is a real chance <clears throat> pardon me for um a vaccine he said that is going better than they expected although even that is still uh scheduled to be he said early next year so early in 2021 so basically this is not you know we're just got to go through this this is a pandemic so uh i mean again i don't know why um It felt it felt to me like Fauci, again, was caught between a rock and a hard place. He 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 basically said the administration had a plan, has a plan, a strategy. They've implemented it. Everybody's doing the best they can. Uh, That's just the reality of the situation of a bad, bad disease. Uh, That seems to make sense to me. I mean, you know, we're seeing over in Europe uh, the return of the virus in other places. It's not like we're the only country that has the virus. And frankly, I don't believe when I see uh, what I see uh, in terms of numbers, I don't believe that the other countries are telling the truth. Certainly not China. But other parts of the world, I just don't think that they're telling the truth because it doesn't make any sense to me. And if they are, that it just means that eventually the, the virus is going to come back there. I mean, I don't think that there's any uh, secret to this. And, uh, and the reality of that is what's coming. But my gosh, if you look at the European economy, how uh, they've been crushed, just like the American economy, it's just uh, horrendous. So we'll see. Uh, let's see. What else did I have here? Oh, uh, Kamala Harris. I don't think that they'll name Kamala Harris over the weekend. So it won't be this weekend. It'll be next. Next week, uh, but she will be the VP candidate. I, I would bet you know 90% certainty. All the rest of the flirtings and floatings, you know, they're flirting and floating all these different names. Uh, 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 Congresswoman Bass uh, from um California and um, who else? Uh, Susan Rice, the national security. That, that those are those. None of those are real. Uh, that's that just, at this point in the process, they do the floating uh, of names to give people uh, encouragement to feel uh, like they're big time. Uh, but it's it's kind of the beginning of the end. Now the one thing you see is you'll see some attacks coming. Um, someone attacked Kamala Harris earlier today. Said she's people don't really like her that much. Uh, she's not very likable, and that's an indication that she's the pick because uh, people were trying to see if they could submarine her before it comes out. Um, So it's uh, one of the California newspapers, um, uh, the uh, the um, said that they wouldn't pick her because they thought she wasn't very good or something. But my point here is that the um, she's the front runner. She's the pick. Nobody else is going to displace her at this point. And uh, that's what they want. That's what they want. And I told you, I told this to somebody earlier, in case you haven't heard it over and over again, the reason why she'll be the pick is because she's predictively of the swamp. Joe Biden received the most number of endorsements from the so-called Democrat superdelegates. Those are the insiders who are like former congressmen and former presidents and, and, and members of the party. Superdelegates are the insiders of the swamp in the Democrat Party. And Joe Biden received the most endorsements. And the second most endorsements in the Democrat primary, Kamala Harris. They know what they want. They don't want somebody to rock the boat. They want someone who'll keep the swamp going. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in. It's Ed Martin. Thank you, Noah, our technical director, Joanna, for booking the guests. And thank you for listening. We'll be back Monday. Have a great weekend. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you then.